Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the final Political Panda program for the year 2022. This show has been going on since early February, is when really it kind of started. It's really when I sort of began this show, and where sort of things began. It's where this whole journey started for this program and now yeah this show may not be you know groundbreaking in terms of growth for one year but you know what for a program like this to have as of me me filming or i should say me recording this episode just over on freaking my own dashboard for just this year alone in the 100 and I believe 50, 52 or 51 episodes. Let me look. Uh, what episode are we at? Episode 153. So the of the 153 episodes of this year, overall in total downloads or in terms of like full listens to the show were 2,000. 854. So, truly, thank you guys so much for a fantastic 2022. Uh, of course, I do not know these, uh, you know, sort of certain, for certain set in stone date in which the show will return in 2023, but all I will say is get prepared for 2023. 2023 is, you know, another year. And so, with another year on the show, it means it comes with more experience, a bit better of knowledge of what to do, and hopefully I can improve some aspects of the show and expand uh, others. You know, get better at, you know, balancing between, you know, my job and this, and making sure that I do a better job of also, you know, getting things out better for you guys as well. As uh, maybe even expanding, you know, a bit more of some markets and trying to get even more of you into this so that hopefully I can, you know, remove the other job and make this the full time. But for right now, it's of course something I enjoy doing and that's all I can really ask for. It's so hard to, even, you know, kind of imagine the fact that, you know, someone like me who... You know, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I want to be a, a gaming YouTuber. But yet, always this in the back of my mind, even when that didn't work out, there was something that was still just there. Because obviously, I'm not the best student, and I hate universities, so... Even though I love space, clearly astronaut uh, being that full-time of a job... Is clearly out of, you know, the question for me, but... But I mean, you know, doing something like this, you know, that, that's that's up my up my alley. You know, I've always been interested in politics and different news stories. You know, and now here we are, almost a year later. And you know, we we've had our we've had our speed bumps on the way in terms of you know some copyright uh, claims over on YouTube. Or just full-on shows that I it won't ever be on YouTube just due to the fact that uh, 
that, well, as some of you may know, they, YouTube didn't like them, so they took them down. So, yeah, uh, of course, I really, really do appreciate, you know, just the support on all platforms, really, this year that we, that I was on, and honestly, I am very, very, very excited. I mean, seriously, it's, there's so many. Like, I, I look over on on just YouTube alone. You know, I'll probably have to go through and, you know, fix, like, the playlist. But even even just, like, looking at it, you know, with everything that's there, because obviously there's only going to be, you know, uh, a certain amount of them. But, but it, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy just looking at them. So, seriously, I want to really appreciate and thank you guys so very much for a fantastic 2023, and I hope truly you all have a fantastic Christmas. But before we get to Christmas, and before we, of course, move into that time of the season, what about one more... One more episode of the Political Panda Program to wrap up the season. Well, of course, let's get right in to that opening clip. alert now we are getting our first response from the FBI to the Twitter file dumps. The statement reads, the correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional long-standing and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements which involved numerous companies over multiple sectors and industries. As evidenced in the correspondence, the FBI provides critical information to the private sector in an effort to allow them to protect themselves and their customers. The men and women of the FBI work every day to protect the American public. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency that Justin John. All right. Um, I, I really, I really loved the last part. It's unfortunate that conspiracy th 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 theorists and others are feeding American public misinformation. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand that one because uh, I, I would just like to remind. Every everyone that um, the literal reports of the Twitter files are straight up, and I'm not kidding, literally come from inside of like Twitter's own like file. Like they're they're called the Twitter files because they come out of Twitter's own data. It's not like you know Barry Weiss and all of the other journalists and Matt Taibbi and all of them are just pulling this shit out of their ass. There's screenshots to back it up. It's not just oh here's random screenshot of something I made in Photoshop. No. There's emails. There's listings, Slack channels, all sorts of internal data stuff and tools from Twitter themselves. It's not conspiracy theorist. It's nothing but lies. 
lies. It's the same people with the Great Reset. It's, ah, uh, it's just conspiracy theory. It's not actually happening. We're not calling for a new world order, even though in this video that's, yeah, we're not calling for a new world order. We'll say a new world order in it. It's, it is truly the definition of gaslighting. Literally, the FBI is trying to gaslight the American public into thinking the Twitter files are nothing more than a conspiracy theory by by literal people going into Twitter's own data that they've kept, their own records, digging it up, showing it to you, and being like, look, and, F and the FBI is like, no, don't look at that. It's not real. It's actually just a uh, conspiracy theory. It's like if a pirate was digging up a treasure... And when he digs up the actual treasure, he, he fucking goes, nah, it's not the real treasure. There's something else around here. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 this treasure's always not been here all along. You know, it's like, what? What are you, what are you, what are you saying? What? That's just a little crazy. Well, moving right along. Uh, so it seems that, uh, you, you guys remember a few months ago, you know, it's kind of, kind of hard to miss, uh, but the Nord Stream pipeline was, uh, sabotaged, and of course, the immediate finger was, you know, of course, pointed at Russia, well, um, bit of an issue, so... They looked into it. They, they did a little bit of that, you know, investigating that they do, you know, just a little wipe some stuff and, you know, um, well, they found that there's no conclusive evidence that Russia is behind the attack. Hmm. Mm -mm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it seems that, uh, Russia is, uh, not, not it. <sighs> Now, I'm not saying it's someone else, but I think it's someone else. Now, I'm not the only one saying this, as even the U.S. US uh, State Department official said this. So, um, bit, bit of an issue, and which there could be some tomfoolery that uh, went on underneath those waves to uh to, to say the least but you know i'm not saying that this certain com country that starts with an a and ends with an a would do such a thing but i'm just saying speaking of uh people you know, pe people that 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 exist and that are massive losers. Uh, of course, we're talking about Stacey Abrams. So, Stacey Abrams, uh, you might know her as the failed uh, failed governor of or of Georgia twice now. Well, she. Uh, Well, she's a bit in debt uh, in terms of their campaign now. So, so even though, even though she she fundraised over one hundred million dollars, 
Uh, her campaign says it owes money and staffers uh, were, uh, were reportedly cut from pay shortly after the election. Apparently, the team owes more than $1 million in debt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 uh, not great. Um, yeah, no, no I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not surprised if you actually looked at the numbers for this election cycle, freaking, uh, Dem Democrats like way overspent like Republicans by a lot, but a hundred million and then you're still in debt by another million. That's, um, a little... A little, little ridiculous in terms of just being down. How how to know your campaign really really failed? Uh, yeah, no, I I am pretty sure at this point, St Stacey Abrams is just gonna gonna be leaving the overall limelight because clearly politics is just not. Not the place for her. Unless she's going to keep doing, like, what freaking what's-his-face does Beto and just keep trying and keep losing every single time. Well, if life ever, ever gets you down, well, at our southern border... They uh they're 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 quite quite busy. How how busy could you know the border you know be? The DEA this week uh had agents that intercepted three hundred and seventy nine million potentially uh, deadly fentanyl doses. Basically, uh they found enough fentanyl to kill every American and some. So, yeah. Yeah, the agency seized more than 10,000 pounds of it, along, uh, along with more than 50 million fentanyl pills, many that were to look like legal prescription painkillers. So just this haul is more than double what the DEA seized just last year. So, yeah, and this is, you know, only the one that they've caught, but yeah, no, um, just, just like to let you know, um, yikes. Basically, people, if you see your pills and they look very candy and not, you know, not right looking in the head, you probably shouldn't take them, especially with the fact that our, our southern border is clearly very secure when uh gangs try to you know bring um you know enough fentanyl to kill the entire american population over the border because you know that that's the sign of a very secure border 
And uh, the, this is Corrine Jean-Pierre saying just that. A number uh, for you at this time. What I can say is that we know smugglers uh, will try to spread misinformation to take advantage of these vulnerable uh, migrants. But I want to be very clear here. Uh, the fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which are which is very dangerous. When Title 42 goes away, as we are uh, as we have to do because of a court order, which is on Wednesday, as all of you know, we will go back to Title 8, uh, which allows a process to make sure that people can make their asylum claims heard. Uh, those who do not have a. So, um, yeah, by, by the way, the, the thing is not until after Christmas, by the way. This clip's a little old, but, um, yeah, still, still kind of important to tell you how stupid. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, but, but we're not, we're not finished. We're, we're not finished. Uh, any, any, anything more you'd like to follow that up with, uh, the uh, Korean? Just, just to let you, just to let everybody know, the border is, it, it, you know, it's, it's not open to think that the border is open it is not open and i just want to be very very clear about now your definition of open and my definition of open very different things her version of open is as uh one article put it this is now the worst year in illegal immigration in the entire u.s history my idea of open of something maybe you know being open is you know sort of like that but you know like it it, it meant to be that way by saying it's not meant to be open so close i'm more thinking of maybe like a japan style border here where just no one can come in you know maybe, maybe something a little a, a little more on on those lines you um or we're, we're meeting here just minutes after as darling pointed out yeah so yeah i Bit a uh, bit confused. Maybe maybe Kareem will will help solve it in uh, this this clip here. Can the president foresee working with a House Speaker who defied a subpoena from his colleagues? So a couple of things. I do want to go back for a second to your immigration question. I, one of the reasons that I want to be very clear that. To, to folks that the border uh, is not open and, and we will remove uh, using Title VIII is because by not being very clear on that, we are doing the work of the smugglers who are going to put forth misinformation. So we want to be very clear uh, on that piece. Can the president foresee... So, yeah, no, I, I'm very, very much sure that her and my definition of open are uh, two, two, two dif different... Uh, D different uh, different things but uh hey well, what do what do what do i know so i have a bit of a question for you if you had 1.7 trillion dollars what would you do with it would you maybe you know, do do some fun fun stuff with it you know may, maybe you'll 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 put a lot of stuff to to good use. Well, if you're the government, well, you'll take that one point seven trillion dollars, and you'll write a four thousand one hundred and fifty five page omnibus bill for Congress. That's right, a massive spending bill that has passed as a as of this point.
in which, uh, you know, it's, it's always great. Don't worry about what's in it. Because you'll probably never find it because it's 4,000 plus pages long. By, by the way, I, that's, the, you know, just a little bit long. Uh, how, how many pages is the Bible? Like, how, how many pages is the freaking Bible? The Bible itself is only 1,200 pages. 1,200 pages. This bill is more than three times the size of the freaking Bible. The Bible is a long-ass book. The Bible is 1,200 pages. What do you need 4,000? This, this is like people with guns, except for me, it's with paper and unnecessary amounts of length. What the hell do you need 4,000 155 pages for a bunch of crap and nonsense that shouldn't be in there to begin with no that would be crazy it's only because congress would only spend money on the most best 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 stuff only the best only the best for the best of the best you know you know it's it boasts 858 billion in defense Funding as well as 772, uh, you know, billion for non-defense funding. By the way, this is according to a summary, because who the fuck could read this thing? Seriously, how no one, no one can read read any of this. There's 1.5 million geared towards border management and requirements for the U.S. Customs and Border including a ban on using those funds to acquire and maintain border security technology. <clears throat> um, so that's, uh, that's cool. Uh, but at the uh, same time, it allocates uh, $410 million towards the border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, uh, Tanz Tanzania, and Oman. So that, that's cool. That Thanks, guys. That's, uh, that's cool. Uh, it also includes $65 million commitment to Pacific Coastal Salmon Recovery, uh, $3 million for bee-friendly highways. Not kidding, by the way. Uh, among the list as well, uh, in terms of some other stuff, was $1.2 million for Pride Centers for LGBTQ, $477,000 for an equity institute in Rhode Island to indoctrinate teachers with anti-viral lab, anti-racism vir virtual labs, and $3 million for the American LGBTQ Museum. What great uses of money. Even if these things were like pro-conservative things, I would still say, what great uses of money. Because they're so, so great. Oh, don't get about more aid to Ukraine, because of course, very important that we keep funding that. Uh, you know, what What a great one, you know, spending on some parks, some other stuff. You know, people in the squad getting some earmarks, you know, just a, just a few things. You know, er everybody went on their little spending spree. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad everybody could get their spending in right before the uh, end of the year. With a one point uh, one one point seven mil bil trillion gajillion fucking who cares? 
I'm, I'm, I'm Joe Biden, okay? One trillion, gazillion, billion, million omnibus bill. What, what a great one. You know, of course, big support from the one party in power, which is the swamp. So really cool. Thanks, guys. Th thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that that last election went so well because of you guys. That's that's great. Thanks, guys. Cool. Yep. Thank thank you for that one, dicks. Well, Britain can be known for many things, and in terms of crime, of course, I'm talking about stabbing. Well, New Britain has just dropped everyone. As Toronto has a has a bit of a, a bit of fun fun one for uh, for you today. A group of teenage girls, some as young as thirteen, swarmed a man living in a shelter and stabbed him to death. Uh, the man was a fifty nine year old who had been living in a shelter, has not been identified by police, and is still. Uh, police are still notifying his family members. The man was found with multiple stab wounds, and um, they received a call about an assault. In a press release, the victim was taken to a hospital but died after his injuries. It was learned early on that the suspects being described in uh, this were eight young females. The teens were arrested soon after the attack and charged with second-degree murder. Uh, what we've gleaned so far is these eight individuals met via social media. They all come from varying parts of the city, and we don't know how or why they met on that evening. We don't know why they met downtown. We don't know how long they've been acquitted uh, from each other. I would describe them as a gang at this point. I wouldn't describe them as a gang at this point, but which is alleged to have occurred that evening, but what we would... Tr traditionally call a swarming. This, of course, is all coming from the detectives on the case. So, yeah. Apparently, also, the girls were also involved in another altercation earlier as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem... Mm, it seems really fucking weird... As, you know, fucking, you just have eight teenage girls just swarming a dude and just stabbing him to death. So, uh, what a, what a fun time. What a, what a fun, fun time to, uh, to be alive. Well, as a fellow Gen Zer, you know, because teenagers right around my are, you know, right similar-ish to my age, you know, some people would still consider me a teenager at this point, and well, well, of course, obviously, earlier this year, Roe v. Wade was overturned, and well, some of my uh, fellow Gen Zers' uh, decision to attend college or remain in institutions located in survey, uh, you know, they they they've got some you know impacts to some of their stuff, and well, a survey conducted found that thirty nine percent of students planning to enroll in an undergraduate program within the next twelve months said the uh, court's ruling would will impact their decision, while thirty seven percent of current students claiming they would have opted to attend a different school or attend school in a different state if the decision had been made earlier. 
Others say that the court decision had no more has had a more extreme impact. I want to leave the country after graduating the University of Sandy of uh, not San Diego, but South Dakota said uh, one to CNBC. Ah, uh, you know, because of course. South Dakota. Uh, in a quote from her, I have a lot of mixed feelings, rage, fear, disappointment. Most of all, though, I have a hard, I have a hard time coming to terms with the fact that this is the United States now. It's a really scary time to live here. Oh, is it? Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. No. It's it, no. No. It doesn't. It's not that scary to live here. Forty-three percent of the students surveyed, though, in the study. Said a majority of whom identified as students of color claimed that the uh, decision could impact their willingness to stay in the state where they currently live. And of course, uh, the, data the data echoed another percentage indicating that approximately 59% of all surveys, both current and prospective, opposed the reversal. That's just because most people don't know what it actually means. All people, th most people think that when that was overturned, that it immediately bans abortion nationwide. No, it doesn't. It literally sends the decision of abortion back to you, the states, to decide. You get more power. Literally, people crying, gaining power. Literally, power-hungry people were like, no, this is not the kind of power we wanted. We want the government to make that power's dis decision for us. So, yeah. I I would just like to let everyone know, is this, okay, for people out there, but I, I, I really want to understand, maybe it's just a me thing, because I'm in Gen Z, obviously, and I'm, you know, at this point, I would more or less consider myself independent who leans right at almost this point, because clearly the Republican Party is not for me either. Uh, I'm like, I'm looking at this, and I'm just going, is Roe v. Wade really that big of a deal? Like, I'm looking at it from both sides here, and I'm gonna be real fucking honest. If you're willing to admit to me that you just, you want to kill your baby for convenience, just say it. Don't try to push me towards your edge case nonsense that only represents a few small percentage of this. Okay, I do not care in that aspect. I really don't. If you are willing to admit to me that you are killing your baby for the convenience of continuing whatever career that you are in, so that I just, I, I know that you and I both know what that thing inside of your belly will eventually turn into, then fine, go ahead, kill your baby. Do it. I, I really couldn't care less, but I'm going to be really honest. Maybe this is just me because I don't go around and, you know, fuck tons and tons of people. I know, shocking. Um, but, like, is this really that big of a deal? Like, like, there's tons of studies coming out, even, like, right now, from, like, Gen Z isn't having as much sex as previous generations anyway. So, this really doesn't make sense to me. How can a decision about literally giving you, the people, more rights over what you want the laws in your state to be 
you know, getting that power be this magical bad thing that because it's overturned, it's now this massive issue. I really, really don't... Really, really don't... Um, really, really don't get it, I guess. Like, I really don't, don't understand. Well, even though he was literally, like, I not, like, I feel like, like, last week arrested, the, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, FTX founder, is allowed $250 million bond and house arrest, so, congrats to, congrats to his lawyer parents and all of the lawyering that they did, so congrats, congrats to uh, everyone, hopefully you didn't lose too much money, so hopefully you all, uh, you have a good one now, yeah, thanks everyone, thanks guys. Well, before we get to our final thing of the year, Toyota, you might know them, uh, I, I actually, I to surprise uh, some people, I, I do, I drive a Toyota. We are a Toyota family in my household, anyway. And by all accounts, they are by technical value, if you're not counting Tesla, because of their over-inflated, you know, stock, then technically by all accounts, Toyota is the largest automaker in the world. And, well, uh, he made uh, the actual president, or actually I should say the head, the CEO of Toyota, who's literally Akio Toyoda, not Toyota, Toyoda, actually uh, was making some remarks while speaking to reporters during an event to Thailand in which he had uh, some things to say about uh, EVs. People involved in the audio industry are largely a silent majority. Uh, this, that silent majority is wondering whether EVs are really okay to have as a single option, but they think it's the trend so they can't speak out loudly, because the right answer is still unclear. We shouldn't limit ourselves to just one option. Because obviously, you know, Twitter, not Twitter, but Toyota is not jumping immediately like on the EV train like the rest of them. They're being very much, hey, you know, we'll still be producing gas cars, but also be very much focusing on, you know, our hybrid technology, as well as, you know, expanding into other areas like hydrogen. But, you know, if, if that's truly where the technology can go, then, hey, we'll make, you know, an EV you know, type car. That's that's fine. I mean, here you go, the executive vice president of even sales at, you know, the North American, you know, part of it, said earlier that the company does not believe that the demand for EV vehicles is as high as people think. In a, state, in a quote, I don't think the market is ready. I don't think the infrastructure is ready. And if you were ready to purchase one and if you could afford it, it took 25 years to get less than 10% of the market share for hybrid. The consumer isn't demanding uh, EVs at that level. The consumer is not screaming 30 or 40% by tomorrow. So yeah, and I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, even think about that. It took 25 years to get less than 10% of the market share to be hybrid. Just hybrid technology, even. And now, you know, we're 
now you're thinking everybody needs to be driving an EV like that. And he is correct. The infrastructure is not there. The market and the market's not ready for it. The tech is not there. You know, most electronic cars at this point do not charge fast enough, don't have the range enough to really, you know, be worth the price, as well as the fact that it's still just a massive issue of just even finding, you know, a charger that works from some of these other, you know, charging networks that aren't Tesla's. So, truly, you know, there's still a long ways to go before truly, uh, I would say they just truly have their full name in the spotlight. So, yeah. Not at all surprising. Well, for our last, last segment of the year... It's something we would normally do on Fridays, but obviously, being as there will be no no show tomorrow, I am, of course, talking about the, of course, TikToks, our painful libs of TikTok TikToks. One big final showcase of some to finish off this year. Let's jump right into it. Quick little Cronin update. So after a several days long gender crisis, I am pretty certain I use they, fey, he pronouns. And yeah, I just want... To let you know, I am still trans femme. I am still on HRT. I am not detransitioning or anything. Just my gender is a complete nightmare. I don't know what's going on with it right now. All I know is that these pronouns feel right to me. I don't really understand why. And the he makes me dysphoric if like a cis person uses it for me or a person who doesn't really understand what my gender is. Because it's really not like he the way you use it for men. It's he in the masculine woman kind of way, which is kind of what my whole gender is going for. My whole gender is supposed to be girl who's trying to be a boy, not boy who's trying to be a girl. So yeah, I hope it makes sense. I'm really sorry if it makes no sense. Oh, oh, well, I'm I'm glad you're willing, willing, willing to admit that it makes no sense because honestly, my brain came out of my head and then jumped out the window into the negative degrees of whatever it is outside to freeze to death because it didn't want to be here anymore. Oof. Oh man. Uh, uh, what? 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 Could? What? What? You know what? What else did I save? Because honestly, I don't even know. We are both white women. We are inherently a danger in spaces for black. You are not inherently a danger to fellow black Americans. That's just so unequivocally false. That is the craziest thing I have ever heard. As a white woman, you are the least a bit of a threat. Indigenous and other people of color simply by existing. And when we choose not to recognize that and acknowledge that and navigate the world with that knowledge, we go from being dangerous to being an active threat. If we don't like that, then we need to change the systems. No, no, you don't. You really don't. And destroy whiteness. No, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna fit you. So you just... You basically just asked, like, to essentially kill yourself because you're you're white. You you can't erase something that these systems all weren't just designed by one singular race. Civilization is a collective 
of ideas that comes from a multitude of different people. Oh, God. Expect black, indigenous, and other people of color to take the risk to let us into their space or to demand comfort and abuse the education that they offer us. The systems of whiteness make us dangerous. That's not individually insulting. Process that idea. We no, if you as a white person think like with the way this lady looks, that you're a threat to any person of color, I would genuinely, if I was a woman, I would slap you silly. I would slap you silly. I would look at you and I would go, what are, what planet are you on? What, what, this is how you know America's the greatest country on the planet. Does this, this person exist. If you go anywhere else that's not first world, this doesn't exist. This person doesn't exist. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But you know what? What do I know? What? 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 What do, what do I? Uh, I. Oh boy! I just. I don't. I don't understand anymore. So I'm gonna be showing you how to use emoji pronouns in sentences. And if you miss the first two parts, well, click right here, and you know you'll find your way. Did you know that? No, thank you. Any emoji can be used as pronouns? Shut up! No, they can't. They're emojis. They're literally meant to simulate words. You jackass. No. Most emoji self-pronouns follow the same grammatical formula. However, if something does change, it'll be specified, so don't worry. For example, if someone uses they-them pronouns, but doesn't want to be outed just yet, then they can use emoji self-pronouns in place of they-them pronouns. What the fuck does that even mean? Emoji pronoun? Fucking hell. I, I, I already thought neo pronouns were like me breaking that fucking window. But now, now, now the fucking neo pronouns look in the slightest bit normal. Now you're talking about using fucking goddamn crying laughing emoji pronouns. Is that, is that someone's pronouns now? Hello, crying laughing emoji. Aw, oh, sup, man? How's it going? Aw, oh, you know, crying laughing emoji. It'll look something like this. Hold on. I'll move out of the way so you can take a picture. No, I'm I'm not going to read that, by the way. She put a whole bunch of text on the screen. I really would rather not... Fi oh, fine. You know what? Fine. Just for your sake. And you're, you're lucky that I, I like your continued patronage towards this show. And said they are awesome. How could you not love them? Their sense of humor is taught. Not much. wish I had a sense of humor like theirs. I just wish they saw themselves like I see them. Hearts is awesome. I could... I, how could you not love hearts? Hearts' sense of humor is top-notch. I wish I had a sense of humor like hearts. I just wish hearts saw hearts' self like I see hearts. That's idiotic, stupid, and dare I say it, retarded. So if you're like, how am I going to use an emoji pronoun in person if the person does want to use you don't. the emoji in person? Well, <laughs> most people just use the noun itself as the emoji. For example, dog emoji, dog dog's pronouns. However, Shoot me. However, some emojis might not have any word alternatives. For example, someone who uses no pronouns. Or they just have no 
Doug, this is why we. This is why, as a society, we're crumbling. And every day, I beg for a meteor, or that a button will appear when I wake up that literally says, "Push this button to destroy the universe." No correlation to the emoji. An example of this would be using a smiley emoji online and they them pronouns in person. Just ask the person you're conversating with and they'll teach you. Let or if you do, that could be considered offensive. I have learned that one before. So be be careful. This can get pretty dicey. You know, I, it, it's depending on the person you ask and the color of a lot of things. So this video, as soon as I seen it, I didn't even bother to even screen it slightly because it immediately says... Here's my hot take, and it's from a white woman, and I already knew that, uh, that that's not going to go well. If BIPOC stand in the street and scream at the top of their lungs, I hate all white people, I want all white people to go die, die white devil, you cracker bitch, um, that's still not racism. Yes, it is. And I because if you change the words, and then, you know... Went and then redid it, it's then racist. So therefore, it, it's racist. You know, I feel like it, it's still racist. I don't know why people don't get that. Why white people are not comprehending that. That's discrimination. Because you're silly and stupid and that the fact that any other race can be racist towards white people, but white people are the only ones that can be racist towards them, doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And I thought we were all going for... E uh, equality, and that doesn't seem very equal. Discrimination, it's an action that's bred out of a prejudice, for sure. Justified, arguably. No, it's not. But screaming, um, white people should die in my face doesn't change my socioeconomic status. It doesn't change- That doesn't- what? That doesn't make shit. If that's the case, then racism would be in the same boat. If, if, because then that's not how that works. My brain is wrapping around like la like saltwater taffy trying to understand what she just said because it sounds idiotic. Okay, first off, racism doesn't just work like redlining, that's a racist policy. Them, so by you saying something does not, is if a white person goes up to a black person, says something racist that doesn't affect their socioeconomic status either. You literally are just describing the same things. The fact that the criminal justice system was built to serve me and people who look like me. No, well, actually, for women, yes. For men, not so much anymore. Sorry to burst your bubble. Also, it doesn't help when 17% of the population commits 50% of the murder, so that could be where also... You might get a little bit of the numbers from for criminal justice and why there's so many more black people in jail than white people. But hey, those are just crime statistics from, you know, the literal government of the United States. It doesn't change the fact that my skin color won't get me brutalized by the police. Well, yeah, because also you're a woman. You, you are literally a woman. J just letting you know... That, I mean, it could still happen, but you are a woman, and yeah, you do have more rights than uh, every, especially since you're a white woman, you have more rights than anybody else on this planet, according to uh, literally everyone at this point. It doesn't change the fact that the entire country was built to cater to people who look like me.
Yeah, that's also that's also true. the The entirety of America was built to be taken advantage of, like by people that look like you and me and everyone else, and that the nature of capitalism is to try to succeed. So I really, really don't get where you're coming from, lady. Screaming I hate white people at me doesn't change the fact that I am dripping with white privilege. No, you're not. Every, every single race is privileged. And I'd point to you to a Mark Nomad joke that he literally makes around all the different privileges that different people have. White privilege, Asian privilege, black privilege, Mexican privilege. Everybody's privileged in their own little way. The privilege table and privilege cards go all around the table. Also point you to a great video on YouTube called The Privilege Game. It's a pretty funny video if you've never seen it. Um, that will also uh, help you out there as well. As long as I hold the power dynamic, I cannot be subject to racism. Hurt white feelings does not equal racism. Yes, it does. If, if the statement sounds racist, if I put a black person's things into it, and then they reverse it, and then they put the white people things into it, it sounds pretty racist. They both sound racist, and they both sound wrong to me. But you know, I'm the one who's not passionate. Okay. Sure. Sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe that when, when I fucking die. Uh, you're totally cool for asking. I'm absolutely okay with answering questions like this. Um, I'm gonna be answering a, a bunch of questions because I got so many last night. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, excuse me. Basically, neo pronouns are kind of like um, when somebody doesn't identify or isn't comfortable with using he, she, or they, um, and they want something else that's not gender specific. Yeah, like king slash ever pronouns. That then nullify and void your pronouns because I don't care. I'm king slash emperor of you. Get down on your knees, you peasant. Specific, um, but is but still makes them their them feel euphoria and feel confident in their gender. And so, like for me, I use Zezer and Fayfair for. Uh I can't wait for all of these different people to hit their like thirties and to just be like. Just it's like a it's like that fucking Japanese painting with the waves. It's like a fucking tidal wave just hits and go. Wow, I'm I'm hitting fifty and I'm fucking depressed. Uh, for when I'm feeling different genders, and when I'm feeling more like I want to use Zezer, I associate that associate associate that for me with like no gender, just like no <laughs> gender, no thank you. Um. I'm, 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 by the way, if I had a camera actually recording this, my head is physically shaking left and right of just complete, just disapproval in my own head right now. And then I associate Faye Fair with more of, like, all of the genders. Um, but then there's also, like, the in-between where I, like, feel more towards one or another or he or they or something like that. Um, but it's 100% different. For everybody, those pronoun neo pronouns don't have an assigned gender to them, um, and so somebody could just be using them because they don't like any of the other pronouns. Um, and there's so many different neo pronouns, um, and so 
I hope that cleared it up a little bit. Um, if you need me to explain it a little bit more, let me know. But I hope that answered your question. No, the only question I'm left with is why. Just why. That's the question I'm left with. Oh boy, what 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 could possibly get uh, better better than that one? So in the preschool classroom I work in today. Of course you do. Um, a little kid asked me, "Are you a boy or a girl?" And this has happened a few times. But I live in a pretty uh, conservative area, so I don't necessarily feel comfortable saying what I would like to say, which is, "I'm neither." Some people are neither a boy or a girl. That's because of maybe a thing that they should probably get therapy for. But you know, never mind. All I've learned is that therapy even doesn't really help with that either. So clearly I have no better treatment for you than, uh, do, have, do we, do we still do lobotomies? No? Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Come on, guys. So I just went to my go-to, which is, uh, um, <laughs> they said, I think you're a boy. Um, and the kid next to them said, no, she's a girl. And then the first kid said, no, she's a boy. Um, and I think... She's a boy uh, is personally pre-gender affirming for me, and um, it came at a great time because tomorrow they are preschool children. Tomorrow is my first HRT appointment, and I'm very nervous and very excited. So, wish me luck. <laughs> they are preschoolers, by the way. That's right. These people literally need affirmations from literal people. Who can barely even, that I don't even think can pick out the clothes that they wear each day. Yes, that's right. If you need to be affirmed by people who can't even dress themselves yet, uh, you, you clearly need to rethink, rethink your life. And that's coming from me. Okay, I've got to talk about the double standards and contradictions that exist within gender-affirming medicine. All of these medical treatments are available for cisgender people without batting an eye, without felony, or without any sort of extra scrutiny that trans people receive. A cis man who has chronic scrotal pain could access orchiectomy without a mental health assessment whereas a trans woman or trans feminine person would require two mental health assessments. Yeah, that's for your own good. Um, I don't know if you know this, but gender dysphoria is in the DHS-5. By the way, this person is a uh, professor at York University, so you'd hopefully know, know, uh, know that. But, um... You know, what? What am I even saying? Of course, yes, of course. It's it's very screwed up, the fact that, you know, maybe we would do some mental health checkups on s somebody that, you know, has gender dysphoria. That's crazy, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy fucking piece of shit. Okay, come on. It can't be a worse take than that one. It, it, it's, it, it can't be worse. The way to make sure that students' pronouns are respected in your classroom is to give a class survey. It's a. I like surveys because then I'm gonna tell the people to fuck off. But this is the worst kind of survey. Anonymous and. That's not true. If you do it via Google Forms, which I'm gonna guess you do because you're a lazy sack of shit. 
uh, that, that that farm is not in any way anonymous. You can very much see everyone's email, emails, and you can know where each individual form comes from. And the first question you can ask is, what is your name on the roster? Then the next question following up could be... So then it's also not anonymous. You're literally asking for their name. You know, what is what is the name you'd like me to call you in class? And it's really important to follow those up with questions such as, can I share this information with your caretakers? No, you should share this with your caretaker. The only time you should be not you know, sharing stuff with your caretaker about a student as a teacher is if that kid is being literally abused. That that's that that should be the time when not doing that is uh, the right Can I idea share to this do. With your other teachers. Can I share this information with other students in the classroom? And then doing all of that again with pronouns. That sounds like a horrible idea. I'm glad uh, I'm I'm out of school at this point, because my God, fuck, chief, oh my God, I I I would literally leave. I would start screaming as like a child. I I know that sounds childish, but I I would literally just get up and leave. I I actually I wouldn't even say anything. I would get up and leave. And when my parents get called as I as I leave and they go so why did you leave class you physically you know took your backpack and just left class what what was was that about she started talking unnecessarily about the amount of different fucking pronouns and you know stuff that we were going to use and my parents would look at me and go oh that's completely understandable I have a thought now I know the trolls are going to be like uh oh she should have stopped there yeah you really should have but I'm not going to do that Damn it. So there's a lot of controversy about um, whether or not sex education, health education, relationships, gender, all that stuff should be taught in the classroom. Well, no. The whole debate is about how far should people at school go before that talk should be given by parents or legal guardian. Be because... You know, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. It's it's kind of a weird thing to be learning at school. Just saying. I, I would know. It's kind of weird. Here's what I think. You, you as in parents, send their kids to school to learn math, reading, writing, history, science from a professional, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully. But in the same token, a lot of people who do that also think that they're experts in sexuality education because they've had kids. With That's not true. A lot of the teachers I knew didn't have kids at all. With all due respect, just because you've had kids does not mean that you are a sexuality education expert. It does not mean you are an expert in sex. It does not mean you are an expert in the body. It does not mean you are an expert in gender. It does not mean you are an expert in relationships. So the same way that we're sending our kids to school to learn these skills, these life skills like math and quadratic equations and calculus and whatever else from a professional, we also need to be ensuring that our students are learning information about their health, about identity, about very complex issues from a professional. I mean, like... Yeah, but not all professionals are good professionals. Just just a thought experiment, maybe? Alright, last one of the whole year. <sighs> I 
I don't even know. Can, do, do I even want to hit play? Fine, I'll, I'll do it. You know what? While we're on the topic of how white people are just fucking the world up for everyone... Keep in mind, she's white, by the way. You're not one of the good white people. You're not one of the good white people. If you think this way, I really don't understand your existence on Earth. Like, I'm not suggesting... I'm not recommending you should, you know, commit suit. I'm, I'm just curious. What is keeping you on this planet? Because <laughs> you hate yourself more than I hate living on this planet, clearly. Or you hate white people more than that. So you just hate yourself more than anything. And I really gotta ask, what's your point in living at that point? There are no good white people. There are So, are you saying that you yourself are not a good white person? Only anti-racist white people and racist white people. That's not how that works. Anti-racism is a lifelong project. No, it's not. You could just not be racist. I know that's a clear, elite, hard topic for uh, some people to understand, and a clearly hard concept for you to understand, but it's really not that hard to be racist. I, I would, I, you know, I, I'd hope that some people would, you know, maybe, maybe they would figure this out. And the end goal is not for you to be good. It's for society to be good. Decenter yourself. Do the work. It's hard. You're going to get it wrong. But if you are not out there every day actively trying to understand, you're not a good white person. Stop patting yourself on the back. Stop congratulating each other. Stop separating us from the bad white people. Don't sit out there in comments and say, we don't claim them. We are them. We are them. We are the ones shooting up schools. No, we're not. Actually, most most school shooters are actually African-American in descent. I know that's going to shock you, but... You'll actually not realize this. A majority of school shootings and even the ones that even get on the national news are actually of uh, people that are not of white descent. It's only that the media actually, as soon as they find out that the victim isn't white, uh, they immediately change the subject to something else because, well, then that, that, that kind of breaks down a lot of what they have to say. We are the ones raping people? No, actually, that's also not true according to crime statistics. We are the ones enslaving people. Also not true, technically, as there are actually more people enslaved right now than there were in uh, colonial times. Uh, and most of those are not here but overseas, and they're mostly over in places like Asia, Africa, and of course the Middle East, you know, and stuff like that. So, not really. So, so, sorry to break that one to you, but actually blacks are enslaving other black people. It's actually kind of crazy. You should really look into, like, the uh, lithium mines over in uh, in Africa, you know, where uh, the battery that made the smartphone you're currently using to record this video on uh, is actually uh, made, in which a bunch of uh, black people who make less money than you do in uh, in their entire life that you do in a whole year, uh, they, they actually mine that out of... Uh, out of out of that mind for you and uh, probably that person is probably a child as well and they're probably not alive anymore so uh terribly terribly sorry for that we are no uh truly no not truly we are not what a, what a great way to end not only this episode but this year of the political panda program thank you so very much 
for listening to today's episode. And for those of you who've been listening all throughout this year, thank you so very much for listening. Of course, this has been the Political Panda Program for the 2022 year. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And of course, I will see you all back here next year with more of the Political Panda Program. But now, Season 2. See you guys next year.